can you say say some words, Amy, so we can just get your levels? Sure. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. It's I think well, I was going to say it's clear and sunny, but I think it's raining. So. Yeah, it's raining. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> you're Ryan, you're the worst weatherman ever. <laughs> I looked out the window and went, oh, look, sunny. Oh, wait, no, it's wet. <laughs> <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. I am Rob Mano. Joining me today, Ryan Flurry. Hola. And Mr. Steve Barkley. And the cowbell. I missed. Whoa. There we go. That was terrible. <laughs> I can't believe you missed the cowbell. And, and Rob has his jingle sticks. Yeah. Merry Easter, everybody. Uh, how are you guys? How was the long weekend? Fantastic. It was pretty darn good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, did you eat a lot of fill in the blank of what kind of meat? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. What did you have? Well, we had a big old ham and uh, some uh, warm potato salad, some uh, green beans, soda bread. Soda bread. Soda bread. What's what the hell is a soda bread? Soda bread. It's it's just a really simple uh, old Irish recipe for bread. It's uh, so. What is it like? Just a really light bread. Why do they call it soda bread? Uh, because you use a lot of soda in it when you make it. It uh, basically it's uh, it, it doesn't have any yeast in it, so you, you rise it with with baking soda and baking powder. Hmm. See, in my head, I imagine that when you eat it, it's like Pop Rocks, and it just <laughs> kind of it explodes in your mouth. It's a lot more like bread. Okay. Mm. Eh. Not as fun as Pop Rocks, but okay, cool. No, true. true. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Went up to Kelowna, helped our uncle get his winterizing done in his trailer, get all that removed. Uh-huh. Didn't do much for food other than just the usual, you know, pastas and stuff, no special meals. Oh, you guys didn't have a big, uh, no. big dinner? No. Hmm. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, my <coughs> wife and I also did a Jeep trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Where'd you go? We went up uh, the Squamish Valley. Uh, in behind Squamish, British Columbia, there's this valley that runs back there, and there's a there's a logging road that leads to an old mine. Uh, road goes back. I think the mine is around 46 kilometers in. Um, we made it to about 32 kilometers in before we started hitting a lot of mud and snow. And I decided seeing as I hadn't brought any chains, I wasn't going to, uh, risk getting stuck, you know, 46 kilometers down the road because that would suck. Again. Yeah. See, no, that's, that's a difference of being almost 50 and being, you know, 25. <laughs> yeah, you know, if I if I was with somebody else, yeah. you know, I, I've got a winch on the Jeep, so I yeah. can I can get out of almost anything. But, mm. but um, you know, if if something goes sideways, you know, break yeah, an axle uh-huh. or something, then that's a long way to walk. Yeah. So yeah, so I wasn't going to risk that. Yeah. See, those types of decisions that's that's the perk of being our age. 
yep. is that we can we're able to make those decisions. You can't make those decisions when you're when you're twenty your twenties. <laughs> you just be like, yeah, screw it, let's do it. <laughs> Damn the consequences. Yep. Yeah, and as it turns out, there were consequences because I damaged the dog. <laughs> you damaged the dog. Yeah, yeah. Daisy, Daisy was on the trip with us, and uh, we we took her down to the river for lunch, and uh, looks like she hurt her knee on uh, on the river rocks, mm-hmm. climbing climbing over the big river rocks. So uh, she's she's at the vet right now, getting sedated and X-rayed. Yeah. Oh yeah. They need to sedate her to just to, just to X-ray her. She wouldn't sit Is still. That, yeah, you, you, it's yeah. You gotta, um, you gotta have the dog sitting still to, to do it. So, man, but, uh, yeah, yeah, she's, she's got a bit of a limp. doesn't look too bad. I don't think they'll find anything with hmm. the x-ray. I think she'll be okay, but. Well, the short legs aren't really meant for climbing rocks, right? So. No, no. Daisy is a bulldog. Bulldogs <laughs> fall under that category of non-sporting dog. And that's, <laughs> that's, We're not uh, sure what that is. Are. That is very, very true. This is a non-sporting dog. <laughs> and if you wanted to learn more about Daisy, just go on Facebook and search for The Adventures of Daisy Barclay. You'll you'll find her on there. She's got her own Facebook page. Yeah, see, I felt bad for her when you dropped her off at the vet, but now that she's getting sedation, she's going to have a good day. <laughs> uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> well, we'll see. i got to pick her up at 4.30, so we'll, we'll see how she does. Oh, fourth? Really? Wow, it takes them that long to... Wow. That's the plan. Oh, wow. Well, they okay. got to gotta monitor once she's off the sedation, right? Mm, Make sure yeah, that she so. comes back around nicely and doesn't aspirate or something silly like that sure play some smooth jazz yeah. <laughs> that's right some pink floyd i have become comfortably numb <clears throat> um hey ryan hey rob what are we doing today today we are speaking with amy Kerr from autism on the seas yeah they're a uh <clears throat> so, so I, I guess they work with there's there's a couple cruise lines that they work with uh but it sounds like they sort of accommodate uh adults and families that uh, have special needs kids uh d- sounds like way beyond autism i know mm-hmm. they're called autism on the seas but uh, yeah. it seems to be that they there's they're, they're pretty much you know uh service any sort of of uh special needs so um I was reading uh, over the weekend, uh, Cool Blind Tech had a, had a really interesting article about a study that was done that reveals that blind people imagine the future differently than sighted people. Really? Yeah, yeah I did, saw did, the did headline. You, I did didn't you read, read that? It. No. So, and I don't quite understand this, but apparently what it was is that uh, some Italian researchers recruited 17 blind people, all of whom had lost their sight before their second birthday and had no visual memories. Uh, and they each had to categorize words that referred to the past or the future by pressing keys on a computer keyboard in one test. Oh, sorry. They, they each had to categorize words that referred to the past or the future by pressing keys on a computer keyboard. So in one test, they had to press the key in the forward position whenever they heard a word that related to the future and the key behind their resting position if it related to the past. And in the second test, the two were reversed. So, and then during the final phase, they answered a questionnaire regarding events in their past and the future between one day and three years in each direction and how close they perceived those events to be. And the results showed that sighted volunteers had an easier time with the key pressing task if the future was linked to the forward direction and the past was linked to the backward direction. But blind volunteers 
had no implicit association of the future happening ahead of them and the past behind. Um, so I guess the, the, the core of it is that they, what the study suggests is that the concept of time as related to the body's movement in space depends on how our vision develops. So it's all tied together in a, in a really weird, a weird way. I don't know. I, I kind of find that fascinating. I like, remember, remember when we talked about this was, and this was last year sometime, we, we did a, a piece about how blind, they found that blind people processed math differently than sighted people. Like that the, the brain would use um, part of the visual cortex to process math problems whereas sighted people didn't. Like it was like the brain was very elastic and it was like, hey, this part of the brain isn't being used. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of use it for a different process that's different from sighted people. But I don't know, this, this thing, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's really super weird. Well, my, my visual cortex uh, is used to process math, but only in so far as it sees math and then makes my body go running in the opposite direction. <laughs> well, I hear that. <laughs> well, anyways, well, I don't know. Any, any yeah, thoughts? I, I, I don't know what to think of that. To, yeah, to be me honest. neither. I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know that the conclusion that they come to necessarily <laughs> makes sense. I mean, I don't know. It might help. It, it probably a better article that, or or even like a you know a video that really outlined the experiment more would probably make it make it a little bit more have it make a little bit more sense. But yeah. Well, yeah. you said this is. They did studies of people who had lost their sight before their second birthday? Yes. So how old were these people that took the test? Oh, I don't know. They, they don't cover that. But, I mean, I think basically... Because you'd still ba have memories of what happened in the past. I, I, think, that, I think they just wanted to, to um, restrict the, the study to people who had never really had functional sight or either were born blind or, mm -hmm. or lost their sight before their second birthday. Where's your control group though? Yeah, that's well, yeah, it's a good question. You know, like how do you even do a control group for that? You've got your sighted group, you've got your unsighted group, but you've got no control. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What would a control group be for that? Somebody still, with low vision? I don't know. Yeah. But still that's so weird to me. Like it's weird to think that you you know, that you're processing the the idea of future and past in a different way just because you don't have sight like that's it's trippy see i think it's to me and and obviously i know nothing about this study so i'm just shooting spitballing here but Do to it. me it sounds more like this is a relationship that people have with the keyboard <laughs> like, well you know what that could be <laughs> maybe they didn't factor that in yeah i mean it, it could be that that you know we have a relation to that right arrow being ahead and that left arrow being back and that's a good point that might not that might not be an association necessarily that that carries forward in a non-visual sense but you just outthought italian scientist steve way to go i doubt it <laughs> i really doubt it any any one of them listening to this podcast is probably hollering at the computer that's right. right about now well if they are let us know we'll get you on the show <laughs> there you go like us on itunes yeah. <laughs> right now <laughs> and then send us a nasty email <laughs> we like email yeah but we like likes more 
I got an idea. Yes. Why don't we bring in Amy and ask her questions? Hey, that's a good idea. I think so. Hi, it's Amy with Autism on the Seas. Yay, hey. we connected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so first of all, thanks so much for uh, for joining us. We, uh, thanks you, for having me. Uh, well, so why don't we start out with you just telling us a little bit about uh, Autism on the Seas and uh, your particular role in it. Sure. So what we do is we plan cruises for families with kids with all types of disabilities. And on those sailings, we have our staff there to assist the families with boarding and disembarking. We also offer respite for the families. Our staff are there to assist with all meals. We even offer group beach excursions as well for them. Um, And I've been here for just a little over four years now. And I help all new guests with uh, bookings, questions, concerns, all the fun stuff that goes along with planning a vacation they never thought they could have. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the organization's history? Um, How long has it been around? So uh, we are going into 11 years this year, and uh, we have been expanding tremendously over the last couple of years uh, with in regards to staffing as well as our cruises. Like just the, We just announced this weekend that we're doing our first uh, overseas cruise, so we'll be sailing the uh, Mediterranean next year. Oh, nice. Do, um, yes. do most of the cruises go to the same location? Right, right now, Primarily, currently? yeah. So most of our, we do sail out of all the different ports around the country. Uh, we go out of Bayonne, New Jersey, Baltimore, Maryland, several of the ports out of Florida, Galveston, Texas, California, and then as well as Seattle, Washington. So we try to make it so that it reduces the amount of travel and expenses for the families if possible, you know, having, you know, being able to sail out of all the different ports. So, right. You know, less chances of having to fly and all that. Right now, and in general, how many cruises per year um, are 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 available? So, uh, right now, we I would say it's roughly about fifty cruises that we wow. offer throughout the year. Wow! So, so multiple every month. Yeah, sometimes yes. You know, like uh, April, we're very busy, and then especially as it gets more towards the summertime, when people are able to take time off, right. you know, don't want to have to worry about taking kids out of school. You know, we offer quite a bit over the summer to to be able to accommodate, and then we do all different. You know, we'll do some um, older ships versus some newer ships to be able to hit that price point for everybody as well, because we know, you know, between therapies and everything that the kids need, that uh, you know, money's usually the last. The last thing they have time to time for. Right. Well, on each cruise line too, like my wife and I have cruised about five times, and each cruise line kind of can differ in price as well. Right. For the same for the same type of room. But. Now that brings up an interesting point. Now, are you guys partnered with one one particular uh, cruise line, or do you do you work with multiple? We do work with multiple. Uh, we start. We work with Royal Caribbean and Celebrity. And then we also have Carnival, Disney, Norway, oh, wow. and uh, Norwegian. So when you when you start working with a with a cruise line, um, what what does that look like? Do you do you approach the cruise line company directly? Right. So my boss, what he does is he sets up groups with them uh, for specific ships, trips and sail dates. And then one of our primary requirements is that they have a conference room available for us to be able to offer respite for the families. 
And uh, so we base most of our schedule off of that availability, as well as if we have families that are looking to put together a group sailing and they have the minimum number of cabins that would be required, you know, we can check with the cruise line, make sure that conference room space is available, check with our staffing as well, make sure that we have a group leader, and then we're able to put that group together for the family. In general, with every cruise, how many families can you accommodate on any given cruise? We can, as long as there's availability for cabins, we're able to, you know, we're able to provide as much as, you know, as, as many family services for as many families as needed. We have had up to 50 families on one cruise. With wow. Them. Yeah. And how many staff are assigned to each family? So we have one staff member assigned to two special needs families, and they're there to assist them with everything, you know, between the boarding, with sitting with, you know, sitting with us as a group for all meals, and then also that point of contact person for drop off and pick up for respite too. So you know, if the child's having trouble transitioning, or just having a, a kind of an off day, you know, the parents can let that staff member know. So that, you know, if there's any behaviors that seem out of the norm during that time. And the same goes for when they're picking up as well. We can let the parents know if something had happened. And it's nice to have that, you know, that that familiar face all the time. And that one person that really gets to know the kids and work with them, you know, well. Yeah, no, I can imagine that. I mean, there, there's there's got to be, you know, I imagine a, a certain level of, of trust uh, that that needs to be built while you're while you're on the cruise to really bond with with both of the family members, um, but, but as well as as the, the special needs individual. Absolutely. And we do also give the option of um, adding a one-on-one on for an additional charge for the families. So if their child is used to having that in the school environment, if the parents feel that, you know, for various reasons, if the child is prone to eloping or high to meltdowns and they just feel that having that one-on-one would help make the cruise that much better for them, they do also have that option to add that on to their reservation. Now, of course, it's it's called autism on the seas, but um, you know certainly you, you, the 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 people that you service are, are are special needs in general. That's correct. That's correct. So we work with kids. We yeah, uh, we have kids with Down syndrome, epilepsy. Uh, my daughter, she she also she has autism, but also has a connective tissue disorder. And I use the staff more for the connective tissue disorder than I do the autism because she's so high functioning. Uh, but yeah, we've worked with fragile X, all sorts of disabilities. But autism is the primary uh, diagnosis that we all see that you know kids that we seem to work with the most. And is it is it sometimes a challenge pairing you know the the right sort of staff member with the with the right individual or or is it is it a fairly seamless process i that's one side of things i don't handle but what we do is we send the families a questionnaire 90 days prior to sailing and in that we do ask for all tight all behaviors ways to redirect least favorite activities favorite activities even dietary restrictions and that information does get sent to our staff members so that they have a very good understanding. Okay, this kid's a runner. I'm make sure I got my sneakers on. You know, <laughs> um, you, know, um, you know, so it really helps the staff members 
get to know the kids because they do receive that information prior to cruising. So they get to really know the kids. All of our staff members are volunteers and their backgrounds are all working with special needs kids. Right. So they're very used to the diff- the unexpected and the different behaviors and whatnot that come along with, with the disabilities. Well, I found it interesting too. I read, I came across a blog and I forget who, who it was done by, but it was done by a mother whose child uh, is on the autism spectrum and she took a cruise and was saying, you know, how valuable the autism on the sea service was, you know, the, the employee or the volunteer was able to take their child, you know, up and down the water slides. Um, the mm-hmm. crew, the crews allowed for their, you know, their own private you know, muster drill. Um, right. You know, it was quite exceptional, exceptional the lengths the cruise line went to to accommodate the special needs. So it was, it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, they'll even close down all of their venue sessions for us so that we can participate in them without all the other passengers. So like Royal Caribbean's got their water slides, the rock wall, the surf simulator. All of those get closed down and we have our own private time. So the kids aren't really having to wait in long lines. Right. Uh, or we all, all the parents, we all understand the differences and aren't going to think differently if a child has a loud outburst or is, you know, flapping their hands or anything like that. It's really a nice community setting for our families as well. Do you do you do any training with the uh, the, the ship staff themselves? Any any uh, orientation? So with Royal Caribbean, we had trained them on uh, on autism specifically and the differences that they may see. Um, Royal Caribbean is certified as being an autism-friendly cruise line as well. So they have autism training for, for all of their staff to go mm-hmm. through. Uh, well, well, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the organization. Uh, that was, honestly, it was dumb luck. I was looking for a new job. And uh, one night there was a monster post for this position. And I said, well, let me give it a try. Besides having a daughter on the spectrum, I used to work with adults that had multiple disabilities. And uh, so I gave it a shot. I applied and here I am four years later. So. And, and where is the, really... sorry, where, where is the uh, sort of the head office located? Is it, is it there in Connecticut? Yes, we are here in Connecticut. Are there plans to sort of expand this out into into perhaps, um, or do you know any other organizations that offer something similar for, say, something other than cruises in terms of vacation packages or anything? Because it, it really is. A, it's a brilliant idea, and it's something that I think most people don't even really consider when they when they think of, of a, a family with a, a special needs child is that, you know, how do you do things like go on vacations or, or do things that you know, everybody else sort of takes for granted. So, you know, our, for, for now, you know, you guys, I'm sure it sounds like you're, you're plenty busy with just, uh, you know, cruise lines, but are there other organizations that you know of that sort of offer something in, in a different realm? Is there an autism in the sky? No, so JetBlue does offer a program called Wings for Autism where families can come in to the airport. They can go through the whole TSA check-in with their child. They even get on a plane with them and uh, really give the parents and the child an opportunity to see how they would do through that whole process because airlines are, as you, I'm sure you know, extremely crowded and not necessarily a good setup for the kids on the, on the spectrum. So, um, 
JetBlue has that. We also offer Disney Resort stays with our staff, too, uh, down in Florida. And those are usually offered about five times a year. And it's a four-day stay. And very similar to our cruises, our staff are there to assist the families with with meals and offer respite and do pool time. And then the parents also have the option to add on bringing a staff member into the parks with them while they're there too. But other than that, I'm not familiar with any other company like us. And have you found, have you found that, that the, the climate for this has changed say over the past four years? Is it, is it gaining sort of momentum and becoming more popular? Absolutely. Uh, we uh, we here in the office, it was just myself when I started, and uh, we're now, we've added on three additional employees looking for to add on another because the the demand has been so much that uh, we're, we're busy. <laughs> you know, I can honestly say I were, you know, working a lot to get quotes and get people all booked, and you know, we, I have seen such an increase in the need. So many families are just hearing about us for the first time, whether it's through their child's school or Facebook or, you know, just another family that has cruised with us and uh, you know, spread the word about how their experience was. So it's really, we've really grown tremendously in the last couple of years. And does it surprise you just how, how willing to accommodate um, the, the organization that the, the cruise lines have been? Uh, Royal Caribbean is hands down the best, the most accommodating for us. And, uh, you know, working with them on a daily basis, it makes things so much easy, easier for me in regards to helping families and getting them booked and, and all. So, you know, the, they stand out more than any of the other cruise lines for me specifically, you know, in working with them. So they're very, very accommodating for families that cruise with our staff and then families that opt to cruise without our staff. <laughs> how, how many cruises have you been on? I have done four. I've done three with my family and then one as a staff member. Hmm. My, uh, I've never been on a cruise. My wife is uh, really keen to get me on one. <laughs> I love it. it. It's a wonderful way of cruising, uh, vacationing. And uh, the one good thing, which is a very common concern with our parents, is hurricane season. I've right. cruised during that time and been chased by a tropical storm. <laughs> and because you're not limited, you're not landlocked, you're not stuck at a resort, the ship was able to redirect us. And we never even were affected by the storm at all. We went to a different island, which was fine with me. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, yeah, you know, that's one of the nice things about cruising is that, that they have the flexibility to dodge the weather if need be. To just go go somewhere else. Yeah, go left. <laughs> go left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stay away from that dark patch of sky. But it, but yeah. it is but it is really such a you know an invaluable service I'm sure for the family members because you know so much of a component of cruising because I've been on a cruise and and you know the real I mean the activities are fun and everything but. I, I think the real appeal for, for people who are on cruises is just it takes you right out of that that day-to-day -day schedule, that day-to-day -day mm -hmm. grind, because you can just kind of do mm -hmm. anything whenever you want, and you can just laze around and and read a book for four hours and stuff. So, I, I mean, for, for the organization to provide that respite for uh, the families, you know, as well as making sure that 
that the cruise is is special for um, you know the the child with uh, with special needs um, is is such a is such an important thing for for every family member. Yeah, like one thing I you know parents ask me all the time: Am I really going to be able to relax? And I said, I can't remember the last time I finished a book other than being on a cruise with autism on the seas. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I, you know, I really got that opportunity to. All right, we're it's supervised full time. The staff has got her, and I'm just going to sit here and read my book and and relax. And the great thing too is that siblings are able to participate in all of the activities, including respite. So it really, truly is a break for the parents, and they don't have to worry if anybody's going to call and say, "Oh, your child needs." to have their diaper changed or there, you know, this, there was this behavior. We need you to come get him and he can't come back. Um, right. That never happens for our families when they're cruising with our staff, because our staff all truly understand the different challenges that the kids are going through. And, you know, I mean, they're out of their routine and they're, they're going to be concerns and some meltdowns and whatnot. And our staff make it so seamless that uh, I, I remember our first cruise sitting there going, oh, my God, the mustard drill. You know, she's going to we're all sitting in a conference room and she, my daughter's sitting there coloring away. And I was like, that horn's going to go off and she's going to go through <laughs> the top of the ship. <laughs> and the horn went off and she didn't even budge. There was a movie playing. She was coloring. The staff Aww. were talking with her. She never even realized the horn had gone off. And I was just like, all that time, all that anxiety I had myself. Mm. And she, she didn't even bat an eye. Now, do you have a lot of families that that sort of uh, take cruises every year? Yes, we do have quite a few families that uh, with several that they're going into their seventh cruise this year. Um, yeah, so it's just it really, truly is. It's a gift. It, it's a gift to be able to have this opportunity. You know, the one thing I hear so many times is that I never thought I would be able to have a vacation once my child was diagnosed. Right. And once they get a taste of what we do, that's it. They uh, they're sold. And in general, and I don't know, this might be a hard question, but in general, like which which particular is there, is there a particular cruise like going to like Mexico or something that that is the most popular? Um, how, like how do you guys? determine uh, which which cruises you're going to provide services on? That I'm not sure because it's a side that I don't handle. I uh, you know, we have a lot of families. You mentioned Mexico. Cozumel is always a big hit for a lot of our families. Uh, I, you know, we had a lot of concern last year when Hurricane Maria came through because we had a lot of cruises going to Puerto Rico and St. Martin and St. Thomas. Right. And those are very popular destinations for a lot of our families as well. And But I think a lot has to do with the port convenience for them, of you know, how easy it is for them to be able to drive and not have to worry about flying. That is more, That I find more than anything is a common request than more so where the cruise is going. Right. Darn it, I had a question right at the top of my head and now it's gone. Hold on one second. <laughs> question evaporation, it's a thing. It, it, it is, especially when you're my age. Um, oh, I know what I was going to ask you. Okay, so w let's talk a little bit about, say, cost. 
So what we do is we have a service fee that applies to the special needs child and all immediate family members. And that fee is anywhere from 15 to $29 per person per day. Uh, with Disney, it's typically about $60 per person per day. But uh, this includes everything that, you know, all of our services that we provide roughly works out to be about $160 per person for the whole week. Wow. Wow. That's, and that is not a lot. Right. You know, when you think about getting park hopper passes in Disney or, yeah. any, you know, it's, you know, definitely a, a huge benefit and, a, you know, and, a, you know, very minor, you know, additional cost. Hmm. Um, can you give us any more details on some of the different types of services that you could provide? So like with entertainment wise, we do arrange for reserve seating for the families for all of the shows. And we typically the respite runs alongside that evening show after dinner so that the parents can drop the kids off. They don't have to worry about, all right, you go get a seat, I'll go drop the kids off. It's already taken care of. They can come together, drop the kids off for respite, go grab a seat together, you know, watch the show. The, like I said earlier, all the venue sessions, the rock wall, the flow rider surf simulator, the water slides, having those all closed down is such a huge advantage. I remember our last cruise, we were on the Anthem and we were doing our private bumper car session. And I turned to my husband and I said, look at that line. The line easily went around two thirds of the court of people that were not in our group that were waiting for bumper cars. And I was like, could you ever imagine our kids all waiting in a line like that? It, you know, so to have that private time is such a huge asset for our families and, no you know, to be able to really enjoy the activity without the stress of the lines and the other people and the noise and all that. They even will turn down the music for the group so that it's not too loud and overstimulating. Uh, Royal Caribbean even offers right now, we have a, a dance party, you know, usually the second to last night on the cruise and they have headphones so that you mm. can listen to whichever channel you want that they provide in, at any volume. And so you could see a variety of people dancing along and they're not, <laughs> they might not be dancing to the same song, but they're having a great time. Awesome. Uh, the group beach excursions are absolutely wonderful. Like, you know, speaking as a parent, my daughter would not set foot in the sand. And then when she heard my little one go, whoops, as she <laughs> missed a step in the water, that was it. She wasn't going in. And our staff member walked by, she had seen me struggling and she said, she put her hand out and she said, Hey, why don't you come with me? She went, okay. <laughs> there going, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's just so nice to know that you have that extra set of hands that is there to truly make sure that you relax, you unwind. The meals, if, you know, one of the things that our staff will do, breakfast and lunch are always in the buffet dining room. So if you want to drop the kids off in our reserve section and go get all your plates and whatnot and bring it back, it's so, so helpful to not have to juggle the kids, the plates, the crowds mm -hmm. and all that and know that they're okay and that they're being cared for. Or dinner time, the meal comes, the kid has inhaled their dinner and mom and dad are just about to take their first bite and he's ready to get up and go, our staff will do that with them so that the parents can truly sit and enjoy their meal. Amazing. 
Wow. Yeah, fantastic yeah. service. Um, what's the, what is the application process like for, for a family that say is, would be interested in it? Uh, is it, is it a, uh, can, is it something you can just download online? Is it, a, is it a fairly lengthy process? How does, how does somebody go about it? Nope. On our website, uh, if you go to autismontheseas.com, there is a schedule link that does provide a full list of all of the sailings that we're on. Each of those sailings has a link below it for booking and pricing. And so all the, fa the families would have to do is either give us a call and we could go over pricing details with them or they can fill out the booking form if they're ready to go ahead and book. And then we just give them a call. It takes no more than five minutes to fill out the booking form based on how many kids, you know, how many family members. And then we also have a quick quote option on our website where if they're just trying to get an idea for pricing, they can fill out the quick quote form, which takes less than a minute. And then within two business days, we're able to get a quote right back to them. Gives all the details of the different cabin options, the pricing, the deposit amounts, and then also has a link to that booking form. So if it's nine o'clock at night and you just tuck the kids in and ready to book, but nowhere closed, you can always do the booking form. Right. And it sounds like, I mean, you guys depart from uh, enough uh, different locations that uh, pretty much accommodates anybody who is, no matter where they're located in the country. Correct. Well, we can't tell my wife about this because I'm blind. I'm not on the spectrum. Well, I could be on the spectrum. I think but, you know, I think my wife could use the respite care from me, so. <laughs> I often ask staff if I can leave my husband with that, but I always end up taking him back with me. <laughs> well, it's a great service. I'm glad we actually came across the blog and, and found you guys because... I didn't know something like this existed, and I think a lot of people would really appreciate the service. Absolutely. Right. Well, just this week, this past week, um, Holly Robinson-Pete was cruising on the same ship we were on with staff, and she had come across us, and she has a son with autism, and immediately tweeted about us. And then just today, she was on a talk show on the Hallmark Channel talking about us. Oh, and wow. it was just like, wow, what, what, how, you know, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you're on the AT Banter podcast. You're, now you're now you've really hit the big time. So expect those phone lines to just blow up now. Well, we're definitely going to spread the word for sure. Oh yeah, I'm going to be calling my uh, brother later as well because he's got a uh, my my nephew's autistic. So hmm. I think hmm. I think this would be right up his his and his wife's alley. Fantastic. Cruising's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I can't imagine vacationing any other way. It really, it really is so relaxing. That's the, that's the greatest thing about it. And limitless food. Yeah, that's pretty great <laughs> yeah, too. Uh, <laughs> that was my daughter's best, her film's favorite part when she realized she could order two portions of chicken nuggets for dinner <laughs> and not be judged. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just yep. keep going up. <laughs> yep. uh, Amy, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time and, and talking with us today. Uh, we, you know, we'll we'll certainly do the best to to spread the word. Um, why don't you just give out the, uh, the website once again, uh, just so anybody who's interested can check you guys out. Sure thing. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, anyone, it, they can go to autismontheseas.com. Yeah, we do have a cruise assistance package for families that do travel without our staff. And what we do is we arrange for priority boarding and disembarking for the families then we also have a private muster drill set up for them as well as 
we arrange for a small dining table for them, typically near a window near the main entrance, so that if they needed to get up and go quickly, they had that option without having to go through the whole dining room. Um, and then we also provide all of our families, whether they're cruising with or without staff, we provide them with pecs and a social story, as well as past guest excursion reviews that they could use to help pick their extra fun stuff on the cruise. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amy. All right. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. Okay. You too, too. That would be so nice. I know I want to go on a cruise. Cruising is awesome. We love cruising. Yeah, I I was really skeptical uh, the first time I went. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I'm at now. uh, You know, I thought, I want to once you're on it, though, like you don't even have to get off the ship. You know, there's so much going on. The shows, the casino if you want, you know, theaters. Like she said, some cruises have the bumper cars. Yeah. There's so much onboard entertainment. Yeah, that, that surprised you me. Know. Bumper, bumper cars. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Royal Caribbean. I mean, they're, that's a big line, though. I mean, like, I, I think I went on, I think I was on a Norwegian. And, like, uh, to be honest with you, their entertainment w- was pretty lame. Depends on the ship, too, you know. And, uh, like, Norwegian, Princess, Holland, America, they've all got, like, you know, five, six, seven different ships ranging in different sizes and different activities. Yeah, and for me, it wasn't it wasn't so much about the the onboard activities or entertainment and stuff. Like I went to a few things and it was fine, but it, what really the appeal is just you just lose all sense of time when you're out on the sea. It yeah. just doesn't matter what time it is, and that's so that idea is so foreign to we who are you know engaged in Constantly the rat race. Connected. Yeah. Like you're always worried about what time is it? Where do I have to be? When? There, it just doesn't matter. It's just like, yeah, when do I need pizza? <laughs> when is pizza time? That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. And if you want to get off and do an excursion, you know, go for it. Yeah, but you can do that. Uh, yeah, it's really it's it's really fun. So I would totally go on another yep. one. But I don't know. I want to go to Vegas first. You haven't been to Vegas? No, I've, I've been to Vegas. Oh, okay. I want to go back to Vegas. I've, I've been back to Vegas since... They threw away all like the family friendly stuff. Remember, uh, they went through that family yeah. friendly phase in the mid '90s, where they're just like, "Right, it's a good place for families. We have a bunch <laughs> of rides and stuff." Yeah. And that's the last time I was there. So I want to go back to well, now that it's Sin City again. Yeah, right, Linda's other favorite place to be. They doubled down on the sin. Yay! They just did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Although even then, even back then, you would just you go out in the morning and you would just. The sidewalk is just littered with these pamphlets of like scantily clad women mm. with phone numbers and stuff. It's well, just, and that and that's why you're never going to make Vegas into a family friendly no, destination. You're, you're you're never not going to have your kids exposed to the <laughs> uh, hedonistic side of, of Vegas. Yeah, yeah. We took our kids down there once, and and uh, it was fine. You know, we we stayed at uh, the uh, Excalibur. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, you know, everybody had a good time. We. Uh, Abby and I must have done that that roller coaster on New York, New York about five times. <laughs> that was that was entertaining. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I remember going on that, clutching my glasses desperately, trying not <laughs> <laughs> trying not to let make them fly off into Las Vegas Boulevard. <laughs> but that was a good roller coaster. Did you go on the Stratosphere one? The the one that's like I don't know what, however many stories up it is, on the on the tip of the needle. Uh, no, I didn't go on that one. The, I, I'm afraid of heights for starters. Yeah, you would uh, not enjoy that. But but I like roller coasters, and I think I think part of it is, I, I don't know. Maybe it's being able to see the track on the roller coaster. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I don't mind going upside down. I don't mind, you know, the the part on roller coasters that makes me nervous is that first drop. Yeah, it's always that, it's always that first drop. But uh, 
but yeah, that that stratosphere, it is so high, mm-hmm. and and then that that ride, I, I went up there and I watched it, uh, and there's there's two, there, there's one that's just kind of this spinny ride that that spins you over the side, right? And I hate spinny rides to begin with, so I'm not going <laughs> to go on that one. Um, but uh, but they have this one. It's not really a roller coaster. It's just sort of this this car, and you're sitting in this car and then the track tilts and you go and you slide forward over the edge and then it tilts more and you slide further and it's like no no i'm not, I'm not. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> the only thing they're trying to scare you with on that ride is the heights yeah pretty yeah. much there they use that to the to its advantage yeah. for sure one thing that was really cool that they had going on while i was there though is uh you could actually repel off the stratosphere you could you oh really yeah yeah they had this this harness so they basically yeah. put you in this harness and uh they put you in a little room and you're connected to a uh, to a pulley system and the floor opens up and you go zoom down down to the bottom yeah i don't know if i would enjoy that or not yeah. oh i'm pretty sure i wouldn't enjoy it at the time but probably get to the it's one of those things where you get to the bottom like yeah that was awesome Let's never do that again. <laughs> now I need new pants. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, we got sidetracked. We well, did. Where are we? <laughs> I, I'm going to sidetrack us further. Go. I, I don't know. Did you guys hear the story about the the guy uh, from the uh, the the Empress Hotel in in Victoria? Mm. Uh, okay. Do, no. Do, okay. Is this so the April Fool's one. This is not an April okay. Fool's. This is not an April Fool's story. There was a guy. Uh, he was a uh, a naval reservist, and he was he was um, in Victoria for a conference. He went to stay at the Empress, which is a, a Fairmont property, and very very nice hotel yeah, in, very, in uh, old old hotel, very very old, very um, you know they they run uh, they basically have a high tea, you know, like a traditional English high tea uh, there all the time, and people people go just for that sometimes, but but the hotel itself. This guy is staying in there, and uh, he was hooking up with some of his Naval Reserve buddies. He was there for a conference, but he was also hooking up with his Naval Reserve buddies. And his Naval Reserve buddies said, hey, when you come from Halifax, can you bring this particular type of pepperoni that, that they make in Halifax? It's like some kind of Halifax delicacy. So the guy knew that, that you know he wasn't just supplying his buddies. He was basically supplying the Navy at this point. So he, he bought a lot of it. And... Uh, and he had it in his suitcase and his, his luggage got delayed. So he didn't get it until the next day. Well, it was supposed to be refrigerated the entire time, but he figured it's probably still okay, you know, but I'll, I'll keep it cool. Well, there was no refrigerator in his room, so the only way he had to keep it cool was to basically open a window because it was, it was spring and uh, it was cool outside. So he, he laid it out by the window and then he, he went off for a walk and wandered around Victoria for a few hours and then he came back to his room his room was full of seagulls. <laughs> so, so he opens the door and the seagulls see him and they start freaking out. And he said there were like 40 seagulls in the room oh, and, no. and they've ripped open all the pe- pepperoni packages. And as soon as they see him, they start trying to get away. And of course, there's only one window open. 
but they're flying around the room. They're bashing into the, the closed windows. Oh my God. The, you know, some of them are escaping out the windows. There's pepperoni all over the place. <laughs> but, but apparently pepperoni doesn't exactly react well with a seagull digestive tract. Oh, so no. in addition, the room was completely covered in, in, in guano. And uh, so he, he goes into the room. He opens up oh an, the other windows and starts shooing the birds out. One of them... One of them decides to come back and try and get more pepperoni. So he takes his shoe and he hucks it at it. His shoe goes out the window. <laughs> he ends up with one one more seagull in the room, just flying around in the room. So he grabs the the, the towel and he, he wraps the thing up in the towel, hucks the seagull out the window with along with the towel. <laughs> well, what he doesn't know is that his shoe, the towel, and the seagull all landed in a group of tourists down below oh, who were going to the tea room. So... so <laughs> He, he finally calls the building, the building management to tell him what's going on. And uh, he said the look on the woman's face when she opened the uh, the door to the room was just was Ooh. just something he'll never how do you, forget. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Like, how do you explain? Because really, I mean, honestly, it's nature. It wasn't, I didn't trash it. It's, <laughs> it's not my fault. You anyway, guys so, have seagulls. So his company gets a letter from the hotel saying he is never allowed to stay there again. This is like 18 years ago. So so this year he wrote a letter to Fairmont and basically asked for, asked for forgiveness after 18 years. Wow. And they, they granted it to him. Did they? And uh, wow. uh, there's a, there was a picture of him in the uh, in the paper with uh, with him telling the front desk staff the story and giving them pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, pretty funny. As long as it didn't happen to you. Mm. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Ugh. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, hey, further sidetracking. Yep. The Sedines have retired. Yay. Or they are retiring at the end. Uh, yeah, that was, that yeah. was tw trending all over Twitter yesterday. Yeah. I noticed. yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So, um, yay, finally. New, why, new why, 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 yay? Oh, they're not very good? No, they're very talented, very gifted players. Uh -huh. um, it's just, you know, the Canucks are in a rebuilding phase and have been for a couple of years now. And I think the Sedins are probably the oldest on the team. And, you know, I personally, you know, as much as I say they're gifted and talented players, I'm tired of them spending time cycling the puck down low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Shoot the puck. <laughs> how's that uh, yeah. How's that other guy, uh, the Pavel Bure guy doing? Uh, he's retired. <laughs> oh, Long time. He? Yeah, yeah, that oh, was, really? that was uh, yeah, like a decade or two ago. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I paid attention to hockey. <laughs> he's, he's back in Mother Russia. I see. Is that where you did really? You went back yeah. to Russia? Yeah. yeah. Oh, why would you do that? Uh, you, should, you should see his girlfriends. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I could see that. Be worth, be worth living under Putin's rule if you had ladies like that. Uh-huh. Nice thing with the Sedins is they were able to, you know, play together for the same team, you know, oh, yeah. length of their career. So yeah, that's so yeah. cute. They yeah. left left an imprint in the city. Yeah, and we can thank uh, Brian Burke for that. Yeah, uh, way back when he uh, thanks Brian. He negotiated to get uh, the the was it the first and second draft picks I think to mm. to get them. So yeah, good pickup. They've been great players for this team. Yep. Shame they never managed to get the cup. Mm -hmm. mm, bummer. Well, maybe. The, well, wait. Are they sort of? Are they retired now, or they're retiring at the end of the season? Three, three end games of the left season, or something. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, there you go. They can left. maybe still get the cup. No, <laughs> no, <they can't. laughs> no. No, they would have to be in playoff contention for that. <laughs> oh, I see. So they even are if they so win, so far from playoff contention. Oh uh, well. Yeah. Uh, who cares? It's just a big cup. 
That's right. It's just a big cup and a bunch of tourists like drink out of it or something, isn't that? Isn't that a thing? Don't, don't they let tourists drink out of the Stanley it, Cup? It's only the oldest sports trophy in North America. But do they let people drink out of it when you win? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. So you have to win. They don't because they put it on display somewhere. Yeah, they? yeah, the, yeah. The average Joe is not allowed to just just drink out of the cup. You, you got to be part well, of the team to uh, not for free. To get that. Actually, the the players are allowed to take the cup around to different places as well. And I imagine there's a little bit of swelling that goes on <laughs> yeah. at those events as well. As well. Ugh. Not without washing it first. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's Gross. a crew. It gets washed every night. Sure, <laughs> sure, and polished. Need a big dishwasher. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, where were we? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, one of the one of the things I find interesting about autism is that I feel like it's such. It must be such a tricky diagnosis. Well, it's, it's such a broad because spectrum, it is. Right? It's such a broad spectrum, yeah. um, and I feel like you know we're still only beginning to understand it in general like i just think of even a decade ago you think of how many kids were just diagnosed as maybe adhd that were actually on the spectrum and they're just completely misdiagnosed filled with with ritalin or whatever and just you know they, they just never got diagnosed properly yeah yeah it's true you know although the the incidence of uh, autism seemed to have gone up fairly dramatically too and Nobody really knows exactly why. I do. Um, it's Jenny McCarthy's voice <laughs> causes <laughs> autism. <laughs> so she should just stop talking. Well, really? there, was, there was another major study that just came out uh, that, that basically put the, put the lie to uh, any link between autism and, oh, uh, and vaccination. That's so annoying. Yeah. It is, it, there, there's just no connection. None. <laughs> I, you know... It's amazing. I have, I have people that I went to high school on my Facebook feed, and there's this one particular guy. I was, I was, you know, pretty. We were pretty good buddies in high school, and you know, sort of stayed in touch with him. And then I found out he's a, he was one of these anti-vaxxers that's just like, just completely convinced of that, and has lost all respect for him because I'm just like, you are an idiot. <laughs> like, really, honestly, like if you're buying into that, you're just stupid. Yeah. Unless you listen to the AT podcast, in which case we love you. <laughs> <laughs> like us on iTunes. <laughs> That's right. No, but yeah, it's such a, it, that, that whole thing. And again, we're going to go down a different rabbit hole now, but <laughs> isn't that amazing? Like one celebrity just spouts off a bunch of nonsense well, and it, it just picks up steam. Uh, it wasn't just that. It. I mean, it really goes back to uh, Andrew Wakefield and uh, his, his, the paper that he published uh, in, uh, I believe it was the Lancet uh, Medical Journal. Um, you know, he took um, he took data, he manipulated the data to make it look like there was a correlation, and he published this paper. Well, the the joint authors of the paper complained about the manipulation of the data. The Lancet reviewed it, peer peer reviewed it. And, and pulled the article, um, and then Wakefield himself, uh, he was, uh, was he charged? I can't remember if he was, I, I, I know he lost his medical license. Um, good. But, but basically the guy make, made all of his money um, as an expert witness in autism cases, trying to, trying to show that, uh, that, you know, kids had been damaged by vaccines when, you know, they, they weren't. 
and uh, and I think he won some he won some cases because he because of his expert testimony. Anyway, so now he's now he's a, a debunked quack who is running for office in Texas. Oh yay! So go figure. You know he's still still going, still spreading the lies. Oh um, man! You know, still still defending his his position despite having been thoroughly debunked. Yeah. And he's still got this this following who are you know running around claiming, oh no, it's just a big big pharma conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Because that's the answer to everything, right? If you if you have any sort of medical mystery, it must therefore be a big pharma conspiracy. I know it's so ridiculous, you know. And and yet, meanwhile, like how many kids have have died over the years uh, because they weren't vaccinated? Oh uh, yeah, plenty. You know, so yeah. and it's not to say that vaccine damage can't happen because there are clearly cases where it has happened, but it's really really rare and. Um, you know, well, sure. I it, mean, it boils down to basic math, is what it boils down to. What are your odds of dying from a uh, a, a commonplace disease versus your odds of of being damaged by a vaccine? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that I means there are people who have died having open heart surgery, but you know, that's that's a risk that you take fixing you know a medical issue, and so yeah, it's just whatever. Yeah, Thank you, Andrew Andrew Wakefield, <laughs> <laughs> and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, anything else? What else do you want to say about autism on the seas, Ryan? Where did you find these guys, anyways? I came across a blog post. A woman took her son, her family uh, went on a cruise, and their son has autism, and they used the service. I think the blog post. Was, uh, I think I sent you the link. Yeah, that's to, right. That's right. I do remember. Yeah. So um, that's how you found them. Yeah. So that's how I came across them and thought, what a great service. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, hopefully we can spread the word and, and help them out. And, you know, it would be nice to that, you know, if, there would be other vacation options open to people other than cruising because, they, you know, and, and I know that, you know, I'm sure the, the amusement parks, I'm sure Disneyland and stuff do special days and, and all that. Uh, although well, I'm curious if there's any sort of organization that, that does what they do with, say, theme parks specifically. Well, and even in the last year, I've seen it. Maybe it goes back a little further, but even movie theaters now are doing sensory-friendly screenings. Oh, is that right? Yeah, of movies and stuff and oh, events. Awesome. So, um, all right. Hey, Ryan. Rob, where can people find us? As usual, www.atbanter.com. Um, they can also drop us. <coughs> <laughs> and I had it. I had it in my head and my throat closed up. You heard it here, folks. You can drop us. <laughs> Don't drop us. No. They, Don't go. <laughs> they can also drop us a line at atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. And for you social mediaites out there, we're also available on both Facebook and Twitter. And if you're still using Facebook. Some people may have dropped Facebook. Uh, they, hey, uh, oh, I just put my tongue, what the f***? <laughs> I can't. It's like a full-on mouth for a dolphin over there. I today, what the hell? <laughs> a little seizure going on. <sighs> hey, 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 stop hey. laughing. Hey. hey. Shut up. Uh, hey, Steve, where can people find Canadian assistive technology? Canadian Assistive Technology can be found at www.canasstech.com. Yes, there's ass in the name. www.canasstech.com. 
And uh, what about uh, Chaos Technical Services? What do they do and where can we find them? Well, Chaos Technical Services is owned by our good buddy Rick Chant, friend of the show, occasional co-host, and uh, he repairs assistive technology, all kinds of different assistive technology. And he can be reached at www.chaos.technicalservices.com. Boom. That was an award-winning promo right there. Um... <clears throat> Anything else, boys? Uh, Any other closing thoughts? Yes. Everybody who's listening, go to iTunes right now and like us. Please. please. Rate us. Pretty We're very needy. So head there right now. Right now. Don't procrastinate. I, I see you looking at your watch. Go. Go. Shoo. Sorry, put your phone down. Or do it from your phone. You can do it from your phone. Yep. Absolutely. It's true. So, all right. Pick let's your, get out of here. Pick your phone up. Thanks, everybody, for listening yet again, putting up with us for 90, this is number 96. Holy schmoly. Yeah, we, we really need to figure out our 100th episode. Yes, we yeah, do. we got to talk about that. Second year anniversary coming up in a matter of weeks. Yeah. Oh, wait, which are, so are we going to do a, like a special 100th episode? I've or been are we asking do you guys special... for two months what we want to do. Well, now I'm asking you. Well, I think it's a discussion for after the show. No, wait, you don't think people want to, to peer back inside the curtain and... Why don't we See ask people happens. to give us ideas? Because <laughs> we, for two months, we've been pondering what we're doing. <laughs> we're creatively bankrupt. We have no clue what to do. And <laughs> That's right. Just all I know is there's going to be shots involved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get out of here. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. I have been Rob Minow. I've been Ryan. And I'm Steve Barkley. And Ryan... You, Ryan, you screwed that up. <laughs> Why? Well, because you, you, you're, well, you like Madonna now? You just have one, you just, I'm Ryan. I could be a symbol. Spelled with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.